For over 20 years, the mere mention of the name Jason Voorhees has been enough to send a shudder of fear through the hearts of an entire nation. Tonight, on a very special episode of American Case File, we'll show you an interview conducted with Mr. Creighton Duke just one week after Jason's alleged termination. I'm going to say two words to you, Mr. Duke, and I want you to say the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Okay. You ready? Shoot. Jason Voorhees. What you think of as Jason is not Jason. He wears other people's bodies like folks wear a suit. Jason Voorhees, the true Jason Voorhees, is something you and I have never seen before, Mr. Kim. A little girl in a pink dress, sticking a hot dog through a donut. Welcome to The Last Theater on the Left. My name is Chris. My name is Joey. Welcome back to the marathon of Friday the 13th movies leading up to Friday, October 13th, 2017. We are on part 9, although this is not technically a Friday the 13th movie. We are here to review Jason Goes to Hell. Because yes. apparently there's a story to that, why there is no Friday the 13th in the title. Or minor story, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know this at the time, but I remember following these releases around this point. I was a lot more aware of release dates and reading yeah. magazine articles and stuff like that. But I found out in retrospect here that New Line Cinema uh, apparently obtained the rights to release movies with the Jason character in them. Yeah. But in this whole changeover, they didn't get the rights to the name Friday the 13th from Paramount Pictures. <laughs> so funny to me. So that's why all the subsequent movies, and you notice, yeah. they don't do that. Yeah. That's why the hey, the reboot is through Paramount and Platinum Dunes. Yeah, I think, so, I think you're right. Yeah, that's why. So there you go. All the New Line <laughs> stuff, no Friday the 13th. And that's why. It doesn't, doesn't exist. Yeah, but this is 1993 when Jason Goes to Hell came out. And if you haven't listened to any of the actual Friday the 13th movie reviews that we've done on cnjradio.com, Go back and check those out. But we're here. This is, so far, this is the biggest gap between the movie releases. This is four years after Manhattan. Yeah. And they previously... Went all, they went all the, what was the only time they skipped a year? There were, I think there were two one-year gaps of two years. Okay. And then this one is a four-year gap. But other than that, it's been almost every single year in, throughout the 80s, they released a Friday the 13th movie. And then when they got to the 90s, it wasn't until 93 that they got this one out. The timeline is supposed to, it has to take place in 2000 something yeah. because of the time jump that happened with Seven. Like that pushed it way in, into the. <laughs> 2001. Yeah, into the 2001. <laughs> it and, won't matter uh, in Jason X because. Right, yeah. But, <laughs> the time jump is huge in that one. Okay, so a little bit of catch up here. Chris, answer the questions if you know the answers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll try. There's a lot of, I have a lot of questions after this movie, and I'm not sure I have all the answers. So. All right, what happened between, and we haven't oh, read the God. supposed comic, what happened yeah. between 8 and 9 here? Um, how, how did Jason become a full-grown boy again? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, this just kind of does confirm my theory that the end of part 8 was a delusion. The, the, the kid Jason in the sewers after the toxic waste washing through New York, like we talked about that silliness... Mm-hmm. All of the Kid Jason stuff, they weren't actual Kid Jason ghosts or reverting back to his kid form. It was actually a delusion all in the head of the main character. And so this just proves my point because Jason starts at the beginning of this movie as a full-grown guy. His head is all 
bulbousy and like it's <laughs> it's grown and it's going a, almost around the mask. The mask is shriveled. So in my estimation, the toxic waste thing. This is their nod to the toxic waste thing. Oh, the mask is actually what we saw at the end of part eight. Wasn't what in reality had happened. In reality, he got sort of mangled by the toxic waste. It caused his head to kind of bubble out a little bit and grow and deform in this because to- that's what toxic waste does right oh, so they lucked into the fact that a newborn mother had abandoned her baby and he switched out in the last second and ran away i'm telling you it was a delusion oh the, come the on kid, come kid, on the kid was never there uh, and it wasn't a baby it wasn't the kid was like nine or ten years uh, old okay right, mm. right. but and so the mask is even kind of eaten away around the edges his yeah. head is like overtaking the mask which is really weird big fat head day (laughs) exactly but i think that's a nod to the toxic waste of eight because nothing else makes sense it doesn't but in this movie apparently there's magic in the Voorhees bloodline that we (laughs) never knew of before well so they already have their hand at meteorology (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we'll get to that so apparently the if there's any questions in this movie the answer is magic Okay. Not even did, no, did, not one sentence of dialogue or anything, just magic. Did you have another question, though? Oh, I, I did, but I forgot. Okay, sorry. It's okay. But, yeah, so this movie starts going... Oh, yeah, how'd this movie get made? <laughs> <laughs> to steal from another show, but how did, how did this get made? Well, Sean sure. S. Cunningham was back as a producer on yeah. this one, so yeah. that's probably how it got made. Yeah. But, I don't know, I guess he wasn't paying attention to no. who was writing and directing it. Oh, because uh this thing just from the word go, like uh, you know, I'm I'm not the I'm not the film school guy, but from the word go, this movie just looked like a television movie. Yeah, we were talking about that a little bit in Jason Takes Manhattan. How it looked, like, it was shot like a TV movie or a TV show because of the way the static shots, most of the static shots, and just the real kind of cheapness of how it was presented on the screen. And this one kind of does too to me it feels more like a cheap straight to video 90s horror movie which it does. i guess it was and this of, was in the freaking theaters I guess it was in the theater it, but it, was, it, it just... does feel like a cheap nothing slasher that they just one of those that they just pump out there that i would go to the video store and rent for a mm. night and forget about it the next day <laughs> right but unfortunately it's part of this franchise and you can't forget about it if you're like watching it you and if you're going in order like i feel i have to every time i start watching these you have to watch this one so i have a question for you okay if this was not a part of the friday the 13th franchise of the friday slash jason franchise and the main bad guy was not named jason Voorhees, if it was just some other random killer dude with random family would you enjoy this movie no, because it's already been done before. I was okay. going to make the joke that when you said we were going to watch a movie about the killer that jumps from body to body, I'm like, cool, I haven't seen Shocker in a while. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but... this is this is a bad movie. It's been yeah. done, and it's grosser than the other movies, like, in a, not yeah. in a good way. It's right. just like, ugh. Well, yeah, and that's kind of the thing. all this cringeworthy stuff that doesn't work for me personally. I mean... I don't mind the... the... It's 90s gore stuff, like, yeah. and it, but and it's thrown in there just for the sake of the gore, which, I mean, I'm okay with, too. I, I would be hypocritical if I said I wasn't okay with that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, as an Evil Dead fan. Yeah. But at the same but, time, the nods to Evil Dead, and I think oh, there were a few in there's those They're super effects. blatant. Yeah. yeah. 
Besides yeah. the Necronomicon. Yeah. Which is Well, obvious. even the magic knife, too. Yeah, magic knife. Yeah. Uh, when the worm comes out of the head. I mean, right. that's all that. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, oh, we have more money. It's going to be better. Yeah. No. And there's not. there's a lot of those things that are super blatant. We've talked about how blatant, like, Lazarus was in Manhattan. But in this one, apparently they shot it on a back lot or something because they had access to all these props and stuff. And they just put them in the movie. It's like, uh, I get it. I mean... Because yeah, there's, like there's like four places to go in the whole movie. Right. There's the mom's yeah. house, there's the diner, mm-hmm. there's the police station, and the Voorhees house. Yeah. And that's all you got. And then a couple of forest yeah. shots, but that's anywhere right. on the lot. Yeah. And by like, the way, there's a, there's a Voorhees house that we never knew of in the entire series up <laughs> yeah. to this point. And it hadn't been condemned yeah. or torn down or sold right. or anything or flocked to because apparently yeah. so this is another thing like <laughs> hey, you found out the source of the mask from the beginning of part eight <laughs> yeah i mean we've talked about this and this kind of makes sort of sense in the fact that the whole jason Voorhees thing pamela Voorhees thing throughout this entire series we've talked about it it's all legend and word of mouth and these stories that grew into something that may or may not be true and in this movie it takes it to the extreme because at the beginning of the movie, we started talking about it. It go They go back to Crystal Lake, and it's all, long story short, it's a setup. So there's a woman who goes into a cabin, or a house, it's not a cabin even really. Yeah, it's that, it looks like the two-story house from part four. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. And she gets naked, and she takes a shower, and she gets chased by Jason, because apparently that's what happens. That's how you attract Jason, is you get naked. Yes. And, which isn't actually necessarily true, but... At that point, that's what it gets distilled down to in the Got the job done. It's a hell of a theory. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It got there. And so the the guys with guns rappel out of the trees for some reason, and there's a guy that does a combat role for some reason. Like, it's so silly. Uh, He worked all day on that. (laughs) And they fill Jason full of bullets and then blow him up. And, uh, yeah. Blown to bits. Yeah. And so that's how the movie starts. But... After that, the point I was trying to get to, where I took a detour, yeah. uh, it is everybody in the entire country apparently knows about Jason Voorhees, and they know his entire story, which yes. is really weird to me, because <laughs> it was this whole thing, it was it was a ghost story up to this point. It was a thing that you told people to scare them when you were out in the middle of the woods, but in this movie, it's not it's like fact and it's like crime stuff it's true life crime stuff and everybody knows about it and so it just felt really weird but there's a celebration at the diner that you had mentioned where it's all it's where all 12 people in the town are celebrating the death of jason because only 12 people live in this town and they're celebrating and they have the two-for-one burger deal with the the uh, the woman whose name is Joey, by the way. Yes, and <laughs> thank you. Appreciate that. And she's doing the hockey mask burgers for. And uh, I mean, so yeah. Getting back to your point, I guess that's where the kid at the beginning of part eight gets the mask from. I because I was questioning where did he get a mask that looks exactly like Jason's mask, even with the the notch for the axe. Only it looks a little more fabricated. It looks like it was distressed to look like it was old but it's not and so apparently there is a thriving market for jason memorabilia in this world at this point which i think is stupid yeah this is it's a self-aware yeah uh part of the series like there's only one self-aware gag i think in the entire run in the first eight and that's in part six with the couple in the volkswagen and they were like i've seen enough movies to know a guy in a mask so this is the first part that 
all the way in it's uh, self-aware yeah. because of because of the crime story and the america's most wanted ripoff yeah and and all that kind of stuff i would i would like, argue part six would be when the gravedigger was uh looking directly at the camera and was like here's your stupid entertainment or whatever it was okay. i think that's pretty self-aware as yeah, so well. elements of six had yeah. it this one just goes all the way with it yeah and yeah, i don't know i i can i Go ahead. It's just a bad movie. Get it off. It's okay. just a fucking bad movie. It is. Like, and and I, I thought it was gonna I thought we were gonna slightly rise up on the stock market increase yeah. here after seven and eight because it went dip, dip, and I thought it was gonna go up a little bit. Yeah. See I didn't I, mind seven so much. And then eight Especially compared to this. Yeah. Now I'm starting to be like <laughs> seven and eight aren't so bad now. Right. I mean this is what it is. It's it's all just lowering the standards. Yeah. The standards is at an all-time low right now with the franchise right here. I can't believe they even got to make others after this. It's how yeah. bad this one is. Well, it, they had to change it a lot. It was well, ten is the last ditch effort because they went to space for that one. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think we were talking about in part eight how to me it felt like it was a different movie originally, and they tried to make it into a Friday the 13th movie by inserting Jason. And this one really is that, although they didn't even really try to insert Jason into it. They just put the name Jason on one of the characters they already had in this completely separate movie that has no connections to anything else. Yeah, he's in the first 10 minutes and, like, the last 10 minutes, yeah. maybe. He, yeah. he, he probably doesn't even have 20 minutes of screen time, but it's his movie for that first act and that last yeah. act, and that's it. Yeah. Because of the whole body swap thing. Yeah. So, that's the thing. Like, just to encapsulate the entire movie, because I don't want to talk about the whole thing, because it's... No. But... I want this to be a short episode, because <laughs> it deserves to have a short right. episode. The whole deal with this movie is, for some reason, there is a thing where Jason can inhabit other people's bodies, and he has to do this because, as Duke, the bounty, Creighton Duke, yes. is his character's name... The he, great Stephen Wilson, who yes. who deserves better, uh, yeah, definitely. and has done better. <laughs> he is the magical guy who apparently knows everything about the Voorhees family. There's no background given about him. There's no reason for him to know all of this stuff that nobody should know. Nobody should know this stuff, but he knows it, <laughs> and he drifts into town and talks about the only way for Jason or a Voorhees to be reborn is through their own bloodline, through the Voorhees bloodline. But he never goes into specifics about how that works. Which confused me <laughs> a lot, because towards the end of the movie, Duke says that Jason can't inhabit a member of his own family. But, but... he's only reborn through his own family bloodline. So how does that work? And we is find it out half... later. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I kind of... I almost stopped caring by that point. Yeah. But well, I had you run it, run it back because yeah. I thought I missed something, but I exactly. didn't. Yeah, this this happened. I think this is the most times we're like, wait, go back. Yeah, we did it three times during yeah. this movie because we're like, no, we must have missed something because yeah. we were talking. No, right? No, there's just there, there's more holes in the plot line than in the mm. goddamn burgers, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you can make a whole other movie out of this two for one special. And, and here's another thing: the other big one you got to really look at in this is the fact that you gotta go if even if you don't watch this movie all the way through which i don't recommend anyway yeah but go watch the showdown at the diner there are so many cinematic sins committed during Mm. like you know i i really am the guy that tries to turn my brain off to watch a movie and not break it down too much there are so many bad shots and bad choices in that and they they like just 
we're going to pay homage to all these other movies that did it better. Yeah. Yeah, we, we got all these slow-mo action sequences. Yeah. We got our Terminator 2 shotgun shots. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just all bad. But that is like, I we were watching that sequence and I was like, what in the hell is going on? Yeah. I was like, can we turn this off now? <laughs> it was it was confusing, it was dumb, yeah. and it was, it, it was damn near pointless. Yeah, because it was confusing and not in a way to where it made you feel like the characters because you can do that we talked about in part eight when the scene in the disco where it was shot to make you feel the confusion of the character even though it was silly and went on too long (laughs) there's a way to do that to make it work but in this scene in the diner that we're talking about in jason goes to hell it's just you don't know what's happening and that takes away from the movie because the way it's shot, you don't see what you need to see to make sense of where people are in these locations and how they're interacting with each other. It all feels disjointed, and then people die, and you're like, wait, how did? why is that person dead? And why are they in... I thought they were over here. And it's that kind of thing that yeah. it just... It pulls you out of the movie because you're thinking so hard trying to make sense of everything. Yeah, and, and once again, this has become kind of my calling card in this series, the Thank You for Smoking reference. Yeah. A line should have been put in the script to make sense out of something. Okay, paying homage to one of my favorite movies ever, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, mm. where he complains about your karate classes cost too much money, and then that's why she kickboxes this guy like really good later on in, oh, the, in the movie. Yeah, the waitress. Yeah, yeah. So all of a sudden, the waitress is mm. like a expert in weapons and hand to hand combat. This mousy babysitter burger diner waitress is all of a sudden Superwoman. Yeah. And not that there can't be superwomen in this world. Right. I'm just saying, out of nowhere, yeah. she is destroying this diner and almost gets the best of Jason. But yeah. then Jason just well, kills her. Robert Jason. Robert Jason. Yeah, right. we got to keep inhabiting yeah. all the names. That's weird and stuff. And then afterwards, there's a POV shot of somebody getting got in the diner. Yeah. And you're like, well, wait, what was? Who was that? What was that? Yeah. Because you know Jason's not there anymore. That's yeah. That's <laughs> the thing what? because. I mean, I know why they did that. They did that to set up the next scene. Yeah, the cop confusion. But right. It was just everything. Ugh. But, yeah, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Because, one, why did the Robert Jason stay in the diner? Everybody seemed to know what was going to happen 30 minutes, two hours later. Duke apparently knew everything that was going to happen in the entire movie. Because he <laughs> always placed himself in places where completely random circumstances happened to put the things that he needed to happen happen he was always where he needed to be it didn't make any sense and i guess they thought they wanted the audience to think that he wants to be the final inhabitant of jason or something at all i don't but but i could see them making that choice yeah but him him being part of a jason cult maybe maybe but they didn't put any of that in the movie so i mean that would would, almost be more interesting yeah it would have been if he had like taken the baby and was like okay, well, this is my ticket to be Jason and I can have his power or something, but they didn't do any of that. He was apparently really altruistic in the end. He's like, it's not about the money anymore. It was like, was it ever about the money? Because you were just breaking fingers earlier in the movie for information. Yeah, no, no, what happened was he was waiting for Jason to inhabit the body of the baby and start going, ah, da, do we, da, bella. (laughs) That's how he gets to be Jason. Okay, all right. See, I already wrote a better movie than, uh, sorry, but I did right so yeah uh 
You got 10 minutes left, Chris. Uh, do I? I'm capping this episode <laughs> at half an hour, not just because of my time. I don't know if I can fill the 30 minutes, though, because I don't know. There's not a whole lot more, really, to say. Oh, the, the scene with the, the two cops that we were just kind of leading up to. Okay. So the the POV <laughs> shot in the diner is the cop, Randy, who was the friend of Steven, who I don't like as the hero of the movie. Yes. I think he's terrible. It's one of the worst yeah. heroes. And this is one of the first ones where the hero, even though he didn't have a ton of screen time, but the default hero was a guy instead of a girl. It's always been a girl, but that kind of switches at the end. It totally does, yeah. Because um, so, she gets to have the final yeah, say. Yeah, to have, so it's the final girl, like, in all the previous ones. But up to that point, it wasn't like that. That would have made is, movie, a, a terrible movie even worse had that guy gotten the kill shot yeah. in and not his freaking sister yeah, of all people. Right. But that's the thing, is, like, that makes me, again, think that this idea was never a friday movie yeah. because the lead character wasn't a woman gotcha so, oh sorry not not his sister his niece i guess yeah yeah yeah, yeah. sorry I, correction yeah <laughs> uh it's yeah good. it doesn't it's okay it's confusing <laughs> <laughs> but okay so the point with the two cops randy the steven's friend is the one that gets inhabited by robert because robert chose to hang out in the diner and then <laughs> yeah. possess him for whatever reason he knew he was going to be there for whatever reason yeah because apparently jason has precognition as well so Randy, cop, and the chief cop both arrive at the Voorhees house at the same time with Jessica, who is the niece of Jason. Stay with me. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, no one else who has been inhabited by Jason has had the ability to speak. They're all, all like very zombie-like, and they kind of sway, and they just react to things. But for some reason, whoever is inhabited by Jason at this point has complete mental faculties. They can speak, they can reason, they can connive, they can lie, they can do all these things. The only reason they did that was for the convenience of this two-minute scene to give this little bit of confusion. But it wasn't confusion about who was Jason, it was confusion as to why can Jason speak now. It's yeah. the wrong kind of confusion. It confused the audience because they didn't know what was happening it wasn't about confusion, about tension, about, oh, is he Jason or is he Jason? But Creighton knew everything. That, right. He knew that they were potentially both Jason. Yeah. He was like, kill them all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but that's, that's I think that kind of highlights the main problem in this movie, yeah. is they tried to do all these things, which could have worked if it had been done well, but it wasn't done well. It was done really poorly, and it was just a bad time for the audience, because it was confusing you didn't see many of the killing blows in this movie. You talked about gore and stuff, but most of it was one of the Jasons that the the middle one, the Josh cop Jason that jumped into someone else, Robert, I think. After he did that, <laughs> get your scorecards yeah, out. <laughs> he started melting for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Like, why did he melt? For the effect, Chris. Exactly. I mean, it was it, just for the effect. It's obligatory gore. Because he put his face on the wall, and you had all the the see-through goop coming off of his face okay so that guy got inhabited by the coroner yes, from the beginning right. the guy who was the uh, funny cop in right. Lebowski. so trope of co uh, coroner or mortician or whoever someone working with a dead body who eats and or drinks was in this movie oh yeah so lazy lazy yeah. lazy lazy so the there's the thing i know this gets brought up in crystal lake memories too about the homoeroticism overtone of the shaving scene and mm -hmm. I said, I don't have a problem with the scene because of that. I right. have a problem with the scene because that's supposed to be Jason. Right. And that is not, like, yeah. that is, when has that ever been Jason's yeah. M.O.? To, like, 
I'm going to like do this weird mental torture of shaving the guy's mustache off before I inhabit his body. First yeah. of all, Jason never inhabited anybody's <laughs> right. body before. Second of all, he doesn't freaking do this, Chris. To anyone, men or women. Like, yeah. He just doesn't do that. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a problem. It just, it was convenient for the movie that they wanted to make this stupid, stupid movie they wanted to make. <laughs> but so they just made, they just forced it in there, you know? Ugh. So, yeah, it didn't make any sense. And, yeah, because <laughs> there's no way that you can look back at the previous movies and have this be a thing. Because they went out of their way to show us that it's the same Jason in part six when they dig him up. They went out of their way to show that this is the same body of the person. So, how did they expect people to even buy into this at all? Yeah. Or did they? Well, we had to get to Freddy versus Jason somehow. Yeah, but you can. There's tons of other ways to do it. <laughs> you know, I don't know. One 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 sentence of right. like description <laughs> yeah. in the script is all it takes. I don't know. So, I have okay. another oh, question. So, I have a question for you. Okay. I noticed that besides Freddy's arm, which was Kane Hodder, Kane Hodder has a real role. For the first, I mean, not a real role. Obviously, playing Jason yeah. is a real role. A foot, but a role with his face. Yeah, an, an unmasked, regular-ass Kane Hodder right. is in this movie. Uh, how do you feel about those kind of things? Do you think that, uh it's fine because he got a little bit of a shot and he's not in the movie very much? Or are you like, that's stupid, they broke the wall? Uh, with this one, I don't really mind it so much. I think it's fine. I think it's good. I mean... It's kind of a reward for Kane Hodder to get his yeah. face on film. And he looks like he could be one of those guys. Yeah. He totally looks like a SWAT team guy. And the fact that Jason is completely under makeup and the mask and everything, you never see Kane Hodder's face. It's not like From Dusk Till Dawn when Cheech played three roles in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Which I love. Yeah. yeah. And that's, it's, it's a ridiculous movie, but right. great movie. And that's breaking the wall, but you know why they did it, because it's part of the fun of this movie. It was intended to be this kind of trashy... Yeah turn off your brain, this is, sure. just go along for the ride kind of movie. Okay, so what were you going to ask me? I'm sorry. I didn't oh, mean to interrupt. So, no, the, I'm making a lot of connections to Halloween, the franchise, with this movie. Okay. And so, I want to ask you, as a franchise, up to this point, the Friday movies have all tried to make sort of sense from the previous movie to connect it to the next movie. They do it in the the one after, and they go back and kind of smudge things and rearrange them to their liking in the next movie installment. But it all follows one timeline. It doesn't work so well. But in the Halloween series, they retcon and they wipe out movies. And they say, forget about those. We're going to start anew here. And just don't think about that. And they've done that a few times throughout the series. Sure. Which approach do you like better? Well, they totally did it for this one, yeah. as far as what you're talking about. I mean, because there's the only callback to the previous movies is the first ten minutes. That's that's the only part that works uh, in their yeah. loose timeline. Yeah. So they really did do it with this. So well, they still try to make it work as a series, though. Yeah, but they brought up so many new things that we've discussed here, like yeah. the magic and the family mojo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to answer your question, I think it's an obvious answer. But I would rather a series stay consistent. Yeah. And anytime they say, oh, just forget about this or blah, 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 it's just lazy writing to yeah. me. It goes, it, it, it pisses on the fans. I mean, it really yeah. does. It shits yeah. on them yeah. or pisses or whatever. <laughs> any, any defiling <laughs> thing you can think All of. All the bodily stuff. Yeah. And 
Yeah, I'd rather a good writer, whether it's a new, young, yeah. hungry writer that could make sense out of this and not some jaded, you know, soap opera writer yeah. that has written a thousand scripts in their lifetime right. and try to make sense out of why this guy's in a coma or whatever the yeah. fuck. So just get somebody that actually cares yeah. to write out of the hole that the previous movie puts right. you in. It can be done. Yeah. You could do it. We can, You had ideas for how to end this one, too. Sure. Yeah, so... I'm not even giving away my ideas for Purge sequels on right. here. Because I think I have some <laughs> yeah. good ideas. So... But I think, yeah, just yeah. reward reward the hardcore fans. And you don't have to spend a ton of money right. to get somebody to write like they know what the hell they're talking yeah. about. Because there's plenty of hungry writers out right. there. Right, right. I agree. And whether non-union, whatever the fuck that all is. Yeah. I don't know about all that yeah. stuff, but... There's ways around it. Yeah, I agree. I, I I like the continuity. I think as much as the Friday series has kind of smudged the memory of the previous movie in order to make the current movie make sense, I think the worst offender of that franchise-wise is like the Leprechaun series. If you've watched those back-to-back-to-back... Like I've only seen the first one and the latest one yeah. with Hornswoggle. There's like no connection between... How the leprechaun got there, how he gets killed, how he does goes about his business, none of it's the same. And it yeah. feels a lot like this movie, Jason Goes to Hell, because it just invents stuff in order to provide this movie that some other one who apparently had never seen a Friday the 13th movie in their life wrote this movie. Yeah. And just, oh, I think this is a good horror movie. Well, we yeah. need a Friday the 13th movie. We just got this property. We need to make it. Sure. Oh, oh well... This will work. It's okay. obvious Sean Cunningham like gave bullet points for the first five yeah. minutes and then he was out. Yeah. Where's my money? And I'm a big proponent of if it's a good movie, then I don't really mind so much. But since this is a franchise, I think it should have more cohesion. And this yeah. isn't a Friday the 13th movie, in my opinion. And But more than that and worse than that, it's just not a well-made movie in any no. way. The writing is terrible. There's so many characters. There's so many deaths. And it just... It's so hard to keep up with it and keep track of everything. Yeah. And I hate to sound like indie film snob guy, because you mm. know I'm really not. Yeah. But I resent how many times this movie has been seen just because of the company it's in. Because it's so yeah. bad, and it doesn't deserve to be watched by this yeah. many potential people. It just right. doesn't. Yeah, no. And there's so many other yeah. good movies with good original ideas, and this isn't one of them. Yeah. I mean, like things like I was thinking about, I know we want to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're itching to get out of here. But like, so the the Voorhees house that they invented for this one, why not go back to the shack that he lived in? Because it's obvious that they talked about Jason was born in 40-something. They said that in this movie. Yeah, 49, I yeah. Believe, yeah. And so if he was supposed to have died in the lake, which he didn't die, or he did die, he didn't. He didn't die in the lake. That's, <laughs> I'm... That is the only way anything else works. You need he, to put, do, do the Ten Commandments of Jason for a wrap-up episode. <laughs> right. I want that done, okay? But regardless <laughs> of that, he was in the lake, and that thing happened in the 50s, 55, I think it was, or somewhere around there. Yeah. And so he lived in that shack way longer than he ever lived in the Voorhees house. So why is the Voorhees house so important? Uh, because the magic knife lives there, Exactly. Chris. The magic knife from the first Evil Dead, and it feels <laughs> like it's the exact same thing almost. It almost looks the same, and it has about as much effect, because you remember in the original Evil Dead, the knife didn't kill the things, really. Right. It was when they burned the Necronomicon, who, which did make an appearance in this movie, I think yes. it said. It was the actual And all, actual their, all their electric bolts and lightning And things. the lightning and stuff, and... So that brings us full circle. We'll end this here because we did find out that, yes, Jason does have a 
connection to the weather. When he gets stabbed with the the <laughs> knife from Jessica at the end, twice, yeah, twice, once in the heart, and once more and through she the like heart, kicks him or something. Yeah, 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 because she knows martial arts too, apparently. <laughs> yes. And so the 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 red fireflies shoot out of his chest, and they go up to the sky, and then the lightning starts. Lightning once again a callback to lightning throughout the series and electricity throughout the series that either kills or awakens Jason, depending on the convenience of the circumstance. It's the only callback yeah. to the rest of the yeah. series. And then the rain and the clouds and stuff. So oh, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. It's a good movie. I completely change my mind and take back everything I just said. It's a good movie. Uh, I'll tell you what. Well, let's do a little non-cynicism to close out. Oh, real quick. I'll remember this. Body count. What's a body count? Uh, it's This is another one with a lot of qualifiers. I'm going to say I am keeping was keeping track and I was counting all the ones that are questionable. So I'm going to say 24 because that would count people that had blows that could kill them, but we don't necessarily see that they're dead. Okay. It also counts the people that were inhabited that still walked around, but then later would fall over dead. So okay. Four, 24. 24. Uh, favorite kill. Do you have one? I mean, it's a bad movie. Oh man. <laughs> I don't know that I really have one. I liked the, the effect of the diner kid, the assistant cook or whatever. Oh, he, the hand. Yeah. When he goes out to stop Jason. And, Is he dead? Robert, I counted him as a death. Okay. So the Robert Jason comes up and grabs him by the hand and just breaks his arm and you see the bones stick out straight up and then he throws him up against the door of the diner and blood goes everywhere. So I count that as a kill. Okay. And I would say, uh, grud- begrudgingly, that's my favorite because I don't really have much of a favorite. Because like I said, there weren't a lot of uh, killing blows in this one. Gotcha. So Jason at the beginning doesn't count? I guess it does, but... Can I make that mine? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, thank you. We can make an thank exception. We, we had said Ugh. that... Well, oh, no, 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 no. I got a better one. Okay. Kane Hodder. Okay. Because he's like, he's just a pussy, and then they flash over the television. He's you dead. You don't even see it. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> just, just dead. flashed to his body right. on the ground. I kind of like that. It's the only thing that could even remotely forgive it going to a news right. broadcast. Yeah. Breaking yeah. news. I, yeah. I'm not always oh, yeah. a fan of that stuff. You pointed out that they shot the the all the reporting right. like in the studio on video yeah. and then the interview with Creighton Duke on location is shot on film then they go right. back to video yeah. like what is that so the interview within the TV show that we end up watching <laughs> as the movie which i don't like i said i don't necessarily care when care for it when they do stuff like that <laughs> yeah, i hate it but the interview segment is shot wide widescreen yeah. on film and then they cut back and it actually does the graphic where it goes into the tv show yeah. like the little box yeah. and picture in picture thing and it then it's the full screen video obviously shot on videotape and I'm like <laughs> how does that make sense and how does it work mm-hmm. and i don't know it's just like i said lazy it's laziness okay. i take it back this isn't a good movie it's a bad movie yeah four breasts nothing to write home about <laughs> also okay they were garbage people the kids at the camp so yes yeah. yes for sure though they seemed like they were okay but like i mean the the third yeah, wheel were, the third just, wheel was a good person yeah they well they were just there to die there was yeah, no purpose were, for them totally that just enhanced the body count because yeah. i think it actually then they break the record on this one if, if, it, if it is so. 24 yeah. yeah there's so many qualifiers and all these sure. so. okay so last thing let's go back right. back in time okay how old are you when this is out uh you were born in 13 okay you watch this. You probably watch it around 13, 14 years old. I watched old it pretty on, close to when it came out. Yeah. Probably on video or something. Yeah. I still have, like, I think I mentioned before, I have the VHS still. Come on, admit. You got excited when the Freddy Glove comes through. 
I get. I don't. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. It was a cool Come moment. On. Yeah, admit it. I mean, like yeah. back then, we're like, yes. Yeah, it was a cool moment. Yeah. So I'm. I'm just trying to put some. <laughs> Right. Just put a little bit of joy. Look at it through kids' eyes. You yeah, know. and just like to to justify the hour and a half, now yeah. two hours that we spent just entirely on. Yeah, Jason goes. It to doesn't hell. stand up to time, but yeah, at the at in the moment, in the moment, I still didn't like the movie, but I <laughs> that was a cool moment. All right, can we get out of here? Yes. All right, cnjradio.com. Learn it, love it, know it. Every episode of Rock Strikes Ten, which is my rock and roll show. There's another really good rock show on there called The Synaptic Empire, featuring Randy Brown, True Alternative. A lot of great music shows for you to listen to, as well as all the great upcoming episodes of Last Theater on the Left and Chris's Last Theater on the Left written version, all on cnjradio.com. In addition to that, Wrestling House Show reviews and podcasts coming soon. Stay tuned for everything on cnjradio.com. Yes, please do all that stuff. Subscribe. Give us reviews wherever you can do reviews. And if you love this movie, if you love Jason Goes to Hell and you're listening to this and you're just yelling at your radio or... Do people know radio? Computer? Yeah. Cars. This is, this is radio. Car speakers. Yeah, internet radio. There's always one asshole on yeah. IMDb that writes a 10-star review. Right. And it's, this one's no exception. But I'm going to get into that more on episode 13. Yeah, but if you like this movie, that's fine. I'm just no, saying... Go to, I'm saying go to hell. Joey will be the bad guy, but I've said before, I'll say it on every episode if I have to, every movie has its audience, and so does this one. If you like it, that's great. I'd love to hear from you, so contact us on cnjradio.com. Tell us why you think we're wrong in our assessment of the movie. For healthy debate, go through Chris, right. not through me. <laughs> not for Joey for this one, and probably part five, I guess. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Mostly this one, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, right. but I'm, I'm I this is gonna be my third watch of Jason X coming up. Yeah. So I know I remember very little about. I mean I know a few things about. Yeah, it. I remember it. Okay. But I'm I'm looking. I'm gonna get the popcorn fired up, and <laughs> you know, especially for this one and Freddy Jason. I know I've said this a few yeah. times already, but I'm looking forward to the fun from here on out. Right. The yeah. stock is definitely going up, <laughs> guaranteed. This is the deepest valley, and so tune in next time for. Another hill as we go back up towards the end of the Friday the 13th marathon on the last theater on the left. Bye. Bye.